everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. I, You know, I like to hang out at nearby prisons just to see if I can find any diamonds in the rough, too. I will leave that alone. No comment. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. Um encourage everyone to check us out on there thanks all our supporters who help keep the lights on this week's episode is pokey mom episode cabf05 originally aired january 14th 2001 written by tom martin directed by bob anderson let's see nielsen rating of 8.6 with approximately 8.79 million households or 15 million viewers it was finished 38th place in the ratings tied for six with 60 minutes uh, it, was third, it was 60 minutes. That's, that's when you know something's quality. Third highest rated show uh, on Fox that week following Temptation Island and Boston Public. Oh, Temptation Island. Isn't that ex- Early reality TV was a, a struggling time for our society. I mean, I want to... Temptation Island is not that much different than The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, to be fair. That's true, but... They're not just, that different. I so, But in The Bachelor just continues. They both, both The Bachelor and The Bachelorette just keep going, so... I'm not going to judge too hard on Temptation Island. The chalkboard gag. I will not let the dogs out. Don't. Well, I would hope not. I mean, yeah. Don't. Because don't let the dogs out. That's mean. Don't let the dogs out because then you have to figure out who did it. Big mystery. Couch gag. Couch flips around and being held upside down by evil scientist? Vincent Price? Vincent Price. Exactly. Evil Tor- scientist. <laughs> torturing Ned Flanders, which... It got a cackle out of me, so it, it worked. I don't know. It doesn't need to be more fancy than that because it made me laugh. Uh, Michael Keaton guest stars as Jack Crowley, Charles Napier as the warden, Bruce Valanche as himself for four seconds, and Robert Schimmel as a prisoner also for four seconds. I don't know why. I don't know why Bruce and Bruce Valanche is himself and Robert Schimmel is in this at all because it's so weird it's like these people wander by the simpsons recording like hey you want to be in this episode sure why not here's a whole line for you (laughs) you get six words you have to ask marge if you can smell her dress that's your that's what you get that's your line oh cool thanks uh we i'm gonna start right away matt this is a strange episode it really is i mean it's in season 12 uh which automatically makes me go no this is gonna be terrible it's absolutely terrible but it's it's really not like the idea like the the plot is crazy straight up oh marge finds this prisoner who's really good at art and she lies to get him out of prison that's just that's kind of a weird thing that obviously would never happen in real life but the way it progresses logically actually kind of makes sense uh, I, I mean obviously the apron expo is a little strange but we'll go with that but i don't know i i'm gonna it, i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you matt there is it. This is both a good and bad episode at the same time. It's Schrodinger's Simpsons episode. Yes, that's what it is. I was. I'm hoping you will point out the bad spots to me because I know they're there, but I can't put my finger on them. It's it's the strangest thing because I think this has a lot of it. It actually, I it was refreshing because I expected something terrible and it wasn't that because it does a lot of things really well. Honestly, I think it does. It avoids a lot of the problems that Scully or Simpsons generally have. It, then it also does a lot of things poorly and f- fails at kind of almost sometimes basic levels of storytelling as well <laughs> at the same time. So it's it's really crazy. Um, so episode starts with the aforementioned apron expo. Gotta love aprons. I certainly do. My favorite. Did you say smoprins? <laughs> I don't own any smoprins. Maybe I should. I, I honestly would love an apron. I don't have any apron. I would love one for when I work in the kitchen. Uh, they're great. Yeah, I would love one. I need one that is uh, like ironic and has Wolverine on it or something. Um, that's probably where, where I go. They go to the, so Marge has trouble waking up. Homer ends up crushing him in an adjustable bed, and it's, but it's actually a juice box. We have it has a fake out where we think Homer's dead, <laughs> which. Or at least maimed, which could definitely happen in seasons 11 and 12. Yeah, that's the thing. thing. Like, there have literally been cutaway gags where Homer just has a hole in his stomach ripped open. So it's possible. But she wakes him up. She drags him out of bed and they go to the apron expo. We don't really see the apron expo. We only get 
the aftermath as they are driving away. Man, that was a good apron expo. I'm going to wear my apron on the 4th of July. And this lead apron will keep me safe downstairs. <laughs> Grill power. I'm a little disappointed. There were too many aprons. It was great, all right. But all I want to do right now is hit the adjustable sack with a good juice box. Because when all is said and done... Prison Rodeo! <laughs> Today! <laughs> Honestly, this... When I think of, like, a cold open for The Simpsons, this is what I think of. They're doing something, and boom, the plot hits them going full speed. It's just, it's very efficient. Yeah, and that's, I think, it's it's a good episode in that it it jumps right to, into a the, the introductory plot. Like, this is how we are getting to meet Jack, who is basically, I don't know, the essential part of the Marge story in this episode. And it happens very quickly. We get to the prison rodeo. In a very funny joke, because I Homer just screaming prison rodeo and pulling the car off the road. I laughed very, very hard. Completely forgot about most of the jokes in this episode. This episode's pretty funny, and it lets the jokes breathe. It it gives it has there's that is a thing I think the episode does very, very well that very few Scullier's episodes do. There's air in this episode. There's time. Yes. There's, there's, and I don't know if that's just a product of they didn't have enough story, <laughs> so they let scenes run a little bit longer, even and let them be like quiet for more than a second, but they just let jokes fill the air for a moment, give them a little bit of time. It's just not a constant flood of boom, 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 boom stimulation, not, and it's not like Scullier's stimulation are jokes. It's more just like stuff just stuff happening all the time that isn't particularly funny but it certainly is things happening and this is just it has a kind of a a a well-paced i don't know timeline it it allows you to feel the jokes and recognize oh that's funny and isn't that isn't that weird isn't that strange isn't that quirky you you see the irreverence because there's not there's a little bit of breathing room in here yeah, and it's, it's funny because things often seem funnier than they really are when you're given time to, like, look at the absurdity. Like, oh, well, a joke happens and then one of the characters just kind of stares off for a second into a weird direction. It gives you time to catch up on the humor, and that makes it even funnier because the characters are not reacting to it. It just gives it and, – and frankly, it's not – and like we've said it many, many times, the Scullers, it's not like they stop writing good jokes. There's plenty of good jokes. It's because they 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 write a good joke, and it felt like the only lesson they learned from the Golden Year Simpsons is, oh, they certainly had a lot of jokes, and in it was very dense. Yeah, dense with good jokes. If you don't have the same density, it just if you just tell bad jokes after your good ones, it makes the good ones worse. In this, it, they have some good jokes, and they let them kind of sit for just a second or two and let you understand like, okay, that's what that is. That's what they, they here. Here's the joke. And they don't have anyone laughing at it. They just have the joke mm. and let it stand on its own. So we get to see a prison rodeo, which, Hey, who doesn't want to go see a prison rodeo? Right. Um, we get the warden calling the action. We get to see multiple prisoners, including Jack injured by a bull. Also some jokes about nativity scenes in here. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. We're it, let's just breeze past it, those. I it, want to comment, but yeah. it was topical at the time. Yeah, there was, there was. I mean, there's still, uh, still people bringing up. Uh, I think it was there's at the time there was a mayor, a mayor, I think, of some city who wanted to outlaw all religious decorations of public spaces or something. Think like the fire department. Something. Fire department yeah. couldn't have a Christmas tree. Uh, the the blah 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 couldn't have an activity scene, and everyone in the town hated it. And he resigned a year later. Um, but I, I think that's what they're talking about. Uh, Homer tries to distract the bull at a certain time uh, with Lisa. So hey, that you want a, a bad thing, Matt? Lisa, there we go. Used yeah, you're right. Bull bait, not great, but uh, it it's fine. It, it largely it is not the it's not the, the biggest problem this episode, I think, but. It is Homer is not he's not he's not the main character so eh whatever it doesn't matter as much. There's a big riot, which is a thing I would normally complain about a lot in a Scullier episode, but it be, starts the episode. It doesn't end it, and I think that's another part is that like hey, 
I think a a a big fracas, a big fracas, a big uh, free for all is generally a, lo- a a hallmark of a lot of Simpsons episodes in the, in the beginning. Like there's a big thing that happens, and then that leads to a change. Um, and this is just a big prison riot because the the guard just shoots tear gas at everyone instead of just the prisoners well, of course. i mean you can't differentiate tear gas doesn't care the wind doesn't care <laughs> homer gets hurt by the bull and then we cut to the infirmary which is where homer is recuperating and marge where and where marge meets jack for the first time how's your back homie i can't complain nah that's for the prisoners you can complain all you want Oh, God, my back! It hurts so much, and my job is so unfulfilling! Try to focus on something else. Mm. You like Jimi Hendrix, right? Uh Uh-huh. Well, look at that painting. Wow, the artist really captured Jimi's passion and intensity. And his fondness for the guitar. Thank you kindly, ma'am. They won't give us art supplies, so I had to paint it with pudding. A convict painted that? Yep. Well, I studied art, and this guy's got a real gift. You kidding? Look, he painted a unicorn in outer space. I'm asking you, what's it breathing? Air? Ain't no air in space. There's an air in space museum. (coughs) Oh, God, my back! Let's get out of this gosh-forsaken heck hole. So some good jokes in there. Good jokes. Right? Uh, I'm sorry. I can't help with the air, the air and space museum. It slays me every time. In in Homer's, like, it, he gets to, there's a sign on the wall, which we don't obviously can't hear, that says no complaining. And the warden says, no, that's just for the prisoners. And then Homer complains about his back and then complains that his job is unfulfilling. Good. That's a good joke. And and you see, you heard there's like, they let that go and they just let it, there's a second, and just lets it breathe. And then we get in it's all it's in character and marge gets to deliver the the line and i think that's our that is a, a strength of this episode is the fact that it is because it's a marge episode the other characters don't have to carry like homer episodes homer has to carry humor and also the plot and driving the plot forward which largely is just leads to them going uh stuff happens homer does this thing because stuff happens around homer homer yeah. comments on it it's funny homer, rather than homer goes homer does, does something stupid that's funny yeah or home or or something that is actually about character and, and informs character as well as being funny as well as delivering plot it's not necessarily easy to do but because marge is carrying the plot part of this episode for, lar- for the large part of it homer can just be you know yell funny things and get to his trash can chiropractor uh plot the b plot um but we see Jack. Jack is uh, played by Michael uh, Michael Keaton, who Michael Keaton's great uh, in general, and I think he does a good enough job with with uh, Jack. Um, you want me to talk about what's bad in this episode, Matt? Sure. Jack is funny sometimes. I think Jack has some funny lines from time he to can time. Be yeah, he's, he's a good straight man essentially. Yeah, but Jack is not a character. There's no reason Jack does anything. Jack just does no, stuff no, because the story tells him he has to. Basically, yeah. I mean, he has the core of a character there. It's just they don't give you any time for it to breathe uh, so you can learn enough about him. They're like, oh, I get a fully realized person out of this rather than just a plot contrivance. And that's because that's what that's what Jack is. He's a plot contrivance. He doesn't have like think about think about Herb like Herb does things in both the episodes he's in. And they make sense for his character. Like, the the first Herb episode, he's lonely. They sh- the, We start off showing him as lonely, and then he finds out he has a brother, who brother has a family, who has kids and a wife, and he's suddenly, and then Sir Herb is suddenly very excited, because now he has family, and he wants them, wants them close, and he wants to make up for lost time. He invites them over, and because he's been so lonely, because he misses having a family, he is too quick to invite them, too quick to trust Homer, and Homer ruins his business. And that's the plot of the episode. And it makes sense, like, Herb is a character because he does things for a reason. He makes choices for a reason. Why, like, the, the biggest reason we get for that Jack doesn't do what is the smart thing is because he's a homicidal maniac. Real, like, that's the reason we're given. Oh, he's just a, he's a yeah. crazy criminal. That's it. 
that's the reason he does things. And that's not a good reason. You know, that's not character reason. Like, if he had a reason, like, I don't... Even if the reason is, is dumb, it could... You can still justify it. But Jack is not. He's just a shell to, to make Marge... Act, Mar get Marge gets to do things because of, but he's not a character. Marge is kind of barely a character in this, honestly. Um, which is unfortunate, but those are the... Like I said, there's some there's some, like really good things in this episode, and then some really bad things in this episode, and they both happen at the same time. So I'm that's why I say it's very strange. And it's a very short act one. We go to commercial, and when we come back, uh, basically Homer's back is still hurting. Uh, the family is gathered around the table. Homer is trying to you know say that oh I I feel fine I feel fine you know whatever. Uh, but it's it's obviously a lie. I mean. Homer is is still hurt uh, to a degree that's going to, uh, you know, affect him from now on. Uh, Marge, however, uh, her thoughts are still back on the prison, which turns out is right on a hill near the Simpsons house. Weird how it's never come up before. How it's right there. Uh, but Marge is essentially ignoring the family, uh, thinking about poor Jack. Um, and she decides that she is going to, uh, you know, volunteer at the prison. Uh, however, when she gets there, her first class is not exactly what she expects. It's muted for some reason. Welcome to Freeing the Artists Within. Not literally, of course. <laughs> okay. Now, I wanted to paint fresh fruit, but the prison cafeteria would only give me sauerkraut. Oh. That's depressing. Let's let a little sunshine in. Oh. Hmm. Question? Can I smell your dress? <laughs> hey. Show some respect. This one here is not for smelling. Why, thank you, Jack. No problem. Now, let's paint. Hey, can I smell your clothes? Uh, so, yes. Uh, Jack is very excited about it. Uh, Marge is not doing a great job because she has very limited resources, and there's a one very strange person who wants to smell her clothes, which I imagine is, is probably a pretty normal thing when you've been, you know, locked away from any women for a very long time. I don't know about normal, man. It's probably... A normal urge? I don't know. Normal yes. to just like yell at it at people. Yeah, you wouldn't ask. <laughs> yeah, sorry, you're correct. It is a normal urge. It is not really a thing you should be doing. But you know, they're in prison. I can forgive it a little bit. It's just kind of creepy. Anyway, uh, Homer is with Doctor Hibbert, uh, who admits that modern medicine is not great at treating the back because uh, it turns out your back is really freaking complicated. Uh, so Doctor Hibbert says, "Oh, you should ch uh, go to the chiropractors." And as usual, Homer, with the astute observation that most doctors really don't like chiropractors because while there are good chiropractors who say, "Oh, yes, we just work on the back. We do, you know, uh, exercises and massages and those sorts of things that help you out," there are others who claim that you know chiropractors can cure the common cold and can fix cancer by manipulating your spine. Yeah, stay away from those chiropractors. Uh, I I would I would say that this episode is largely actually pretty fair to chiropractors. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. They they stick to the back and that's it. They're just you know scuzzy small business owners, which you know they have those in every type of variety. Uh, so we find out uh, next uh, we're back at the prison that Jack is actually in prison for shooting Apu. Uh, Marge of course tries to excuse it and say, "Well, lots of people shoot Apu. It's only a hundred dollar fine now," which that. Uh, that's that's some serious rationalization there, but that's Marge for you. It's it, this episode. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily ever try and like the the the, the story. The moral of the story, it seems, Matt, is largely don't trust violent criminals. Which you wouldn't think you need a moral of a story to be that, but apparently you do. I, and like I get it. Like I don't. I don't want it. To, I like. I agree that yeah, he's a violent person. You shouldn't necessarily trust those people, um, I, or maybe don't trust violent people because they are talented at art. Okay, I also agree with that. Is Marge that dumb? I mean, I don't think so. I would hope not, but. Uh... I think they actually did a good thing in this episode by having Marge focus on uh, the artist because I think that's the kind of thing that Marge would do. Uh, what we know of her character, she would say, oh, you know, this guy can't be all bad. She's always trying to see the good in people. I mean, Bart, 
that's that's all the evidence you really need. She she still trusts Bart after all this time. She can see that deep down he's a good person, and she is attempting to do that with Jack. Now we obviously find out later in the episode that that's not the case with Jack. He is a talented uh, artist, but not a good person at all. Uh, those two things can coexist, unfortunately. Yeah, and I uh, I, but, I wish uh, that was more the focus on the episode. I think that I wish that was what it became. You know, I wish that what I think that it, that would fix everything. I think largely if you just focus it on talented people, does it just because someone is have, is skilled at some kind of artistic pursuit or at anything even doesn't mean they're a good person. And that is just and this is Marge learning that or relearning it or whatever. Like, it, I wish that was what it was. It's it instead. It's just Marge. And I think it is something that Marge it is as a person is someone who always sees the best in people, and I think ultimately why it works with Bart and works so well with Bart is that we are very attached to Bart and we can see that we can see Marge's why Marge has can still see the good in him and still see the best in him at times even when he is a monster. The problem is yeah, I, we don't I, we don't get that with Jack. You know, we don't get time. Well, no, we could, though. That's the thing is I, I wanted to see an ending to this episode uh, that has Jack continue to try to manipulate Marge and Marge seeing through. It. And rather than being mad, she's just kind of not depressed, but disappointed. Uh, and then I would like to see a scene of her back at the prison, still teaching art to Jack with the realization that he is not going to get better. He's not going to change. He's not a diamond in the rough or anything, but he still has value as a person. Uh, maybe as just an artist and you know it's more of a long-term thing to try and change somebody like that like an acknowledgement that marge is not wrong there might be something good in jack but it's not the kind of thing that's going to change that quickly but we don't really we get kind of just a bunch of excuses about him being violent and things that like i don't i you you have to it's hard because you have to make his crimes you have to make his we have to be marge basically for this to work right we have to be marge so they have to so when Mar- when he says oh i shot a poo we go okay and then a poo's like in the in the parole hearing is like a poo's like no he stayed with me until the, uh, the ambulances came or something and i'm but it's still that's not enough that's not going to make me trust jack i need to trust jack just like marge does frankly they that is the step they that is how far they have to go yeah, if his, his crime rather than shooting up who had been, oh, he did something bad, but for the right reasons. And then we find out that, oh, no, he just likes doing bad things. Uh, the right reasons were just a, you know, a circumstance in that particular case. That would be the kind of thing where you could go where we could believe him at first and then realize, that, oh, no, he didn't do it for the right reasons. Uh, and that's the kind of thing where, you, where our opinion of him could evolve over time or over the course of the episode, really. Mm-hmm. But that is not the case because I I never trust Jack, and I I think that's a failing, right? Yeah. So okay. Uh, then we go back to Homer, uh, who's feeling a little better after the chiropractor. Uh, but it's not a hundred percent, you know, fixed because he obviously has not been doing the exercises that the doctor told him to do because he is Homer. Uh, as Homer says, he did it while Bart was studying. So obviously that's that's not going to happen. Uh, so Homer is still in pain. Um, at this point, we, then we go to Marge, uh, who has made uh, macaroons uh, for the judge. Uh, macaroons, not macarons, spe- specific here. Uh, and uh, she is hoping that she can, uh, you know, grease the wheels of justice. I'm sure your macaroons are scrumptious, Marge. But I've seen this warden turn down brownies. Honest to goodness, brownies. Next. Oh, it's you. Well, just let me ink up my old denied stamp. Warden, please. This man is a gentle soul. I know he's made mistakes, but someone with his talent belongs on a boardwalk doing caricatures, not behind bars. Lady, I know he charmed you with some pleases and thank yous, but he wasn't so polite to the guy he shot. Actually, he was. He waited with me till the ambulance came, then ran like a deer. Well, that's mighty nice. But if I let this creep out, would you like him skulking around your neighborhood? Honestly, it wouldn't bother me. Oh, what do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Well, lady, I'm going to call you bluff. The prisoner is hereby paroled into your custody. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm free? Oh, Jeez, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. 
you won't regret this. Uh, so yes, uh, Marge almost immediately begins to regret this uh, because uh, now that you know Jack is her responsibility, he gets to come live with the Simpsons once again. The Simpsons taking a stranger to live in their basement. It seems to happen really frequently, at least once a season, if not more. If not more, yes. Um, so uh, once again, we go back to Homer, who's back, still hurts. Uh, and then, uh, but while he is uh, cleaning up the backyard with Bart, he falls backward over a you know broken trash can or a bent, smashed, however you want to say, and it magically fixes his back because apparently it just perfectly matches the human spine, so it it knocks his spine back into alignment. Sure, because that's how backs work. That's fine. We're just gonna go with that one once again. It's, it's one of those things you just gotta give them. Hey Matt, here. This is a thing I, I think I'm. I, I think I've, I realized. And this is not exclusive to Scullyers, but if they, the B-plot, in any episode, regardless of season, they can basically make it as silly, cartoonish, and magical as they want, and I will mostly dismiss it and and be fine with it. That's true, because the A-plot is kind of what matters. And it's, I, I... the the a plot is carrying the the heavy weight of the of a story and character arc and growth and all that and and most most of it most of the 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 onus of the episode so if a b plot is like hey this magic trash can fixes people's backs and homer starts a <laughs> homer starts a chiropractor business sure sure why not i don't it's fine yeah. it's not trying to carry the weight of an episode so i'm fine with it and i don't i think that's a th- another thing that they largely don't understand in the Scullyers is like they like they want magic trash cans to carry a plots for three quarters of the time and yeah, and then b plot is all about like a bureaucratic snafu with lease in the library or something yeah and we're, we're, and they you can't do that you got to flip it around i don't i'm fine with all your cartoonishness as long as it's isolated to a specific thing your magic trash can't 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 come into my a plot please please keep it over here <laughs> your magic trash can can your magic the magic trash can can we're gonna get to the yes <laughs> so okay uh at this point homer decides hey i can start a business because everyone's back is exactly the same so uh that's uh that's what he does so homer you think you can fix my sciatica i don't know what that is so i'm gonna say yes now go limp i'm limp one two better not sue <coughs> hey it worked my searing leg pain is now a gentle numbness. Next. Yes, uh, my car seems to have broken down, and I was wondering if I could use your... Oh, that's a pushing motion. Simpson, you're not a licensed chiropractor, and you're stealing patients from me and Dr. Steffi. Boy, talk about irony. The AMA tries to drive you guys out of business. Now you're doing the same to me. Think about the irony. <clears throat> You've been warned. Stop. You think about the irony. So yes, Homer is very invested in the irony because, well, it's Homer. Uh, that's that's kind of how he goes. Uh, but at this point, we switch back to Marge, uh, who, as a job for Jack, has decided the first thing to do with the violent felon is to get him a job at the local elementary school, where I'm pretty sure, despite what this episode was, uh, he wouldn't be allowed near for a while. I mean, his crime was not sexual in nature, but I'm pretty sure most felons aren't near allowed aren't allowed near elementary schools i could be wrong again that's the 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 problems with the episode matt it is back to jack it is always everything is about jack and there could be many places like it doesn't need to be the school like jack can get hired anywhere it just is happens to be the school and it's fine like i don't care honestly oh they hire a felon because i mean it it that ties in back into marge lying like that is in like marge covering for him that is something like I like that. I honestly, I like Marge. Yeah, willing to forgo her ethics because no, I value this uh, second chance for this man more than them. Well, yeah, uh, like Robbie said, at this point, Marge basically lies to get uh, Jack a job at the elementary school because Skinner obviously decides that he's not going to hire a felon. So she Marge lies and says that Jack just got out of college and she's trying to help him find a job. Uh, and this is where we see Marge's compassion get away from her essentially uh which is something that would actually happen to marge it's a very good marge writing marge would say no i believe in this person if i have to lie for them that's that's okay you know i, I can work with that uh but as we will find out after we go to commercial here uh that, that's not gonna work out so well for her dun 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 <laughs> foreshadowing yeah um so jack has been hired and he has to paint the mural 
but his artistic vision does not match Skinner's, and they have a little bit of a disagreement. That is awesome! Finally! Art that doesn't suck! Dear Lord, what are you doing? You don't like it? No, no, it's all wrong. The shapely female form has no place in art. But uh, what I thought is... I sketched out exactly what I wanted. Yeah, I know, but see what I was going for here. Did you even look at the napkin? Oh, I was in the zone that day. Yeah, you see, I didn't want to go so cutesy-wootsy. Because? Because it's not my style. Well, if you want to keep this job, you'll make it your style. All right. You're the boss man, ain't you? Darn right I'm the boss. Don't forget, I can send you back where you came from, college boy. <sighs> that punk Skinner. I had more freedom back at the joint. Jack, I know you hate to betray your artistic vision, but just do it. I guess I could bend a little. Just till you make it. Remember, I believe in you. <sighs> Thanks, Marge. Listen, if you're done with that washing machine, can I make some booze in it? Not until you finish your Sunday. Yes, ma'am. What's wrong with my Sundays? What, what is wrong with Marge's Sundays? <laughs> yeah, Bart earlier has to stomach one down, apparently. Uh, and now Jack also hates it. Um, And see, this scene, one, like I was saying earlier, it it is kind of airy it has room it feels like hey we have this scene where where um skinner and jack disagree about uh, the art um jack is clearly a a disciple of uh boris vallejo or uh, frank franzetta um skinner is clearly not and i don't know if i necessarily agree with how they write skinner in this episode in general yeah i'm surprised we didn't get uh did you even look at the napkin as one of our Skinner quotes? Because I feel like that's a pretty good one. But I'm fine. Again, it doesn't matter. It's more of, like I like this scene between Jack and Marge and them honing in on his artistic vision, whatever, and his style and whatever that means. I wish they dug in on that more. I think that is an easy way, a easy road to take, an easy way you could dig down into why he is doing things. And then Marge saying, I believe in you. We, if we just got some time with Jack and him struggling with making the right decisions and him ultimately failing at that, even though Marge believes him, that could be some, there's, there's catharsis there. There's drama there. There's conflict there. They don't, because Jack doesn't get any of that. He doesn't get any time. I, I, I don't know if it's a, 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 a mark just because they don't have enough time in the episode. Because that is another thing the episode does very well. It is jam-packed. This thing is pretty tight. I think maybe you could cut some time about Marge getting him out of jail. You can make it happen faster. But I it, I don't know if you could, honestly. There's Yeah, I mean, the, the Apron Expo is like a minute and a half. Yeah. There's not really any This is not – is one of the things that it does not – again, another trap it does not fall into is the Scully is wasting like five minutes in the first act about nonsense. This thing gets pretty – cut pretty quick. To, to to the plot it's just if we needed some time with jack to really empathize with him to be like no i'm a man who's made a lot of mistakes and him struggling like and that's another thing with marge marge bart episodes we really empathize with bart because we see him struggling to be a better person he wants to do right by his mom and he fails and then he ultimately succeeds or fails and yet marge forget like there's you know complicated different relationships depending on the episode but because we get time with Bart struggling with those decisions, we empathize with him. We don't get any of that with Jack. Jack is just this weird, super buff criminal guy who paints ladies' Amazons on top of Pumas, which is pretty good. I know I definitely like the first minute or more. Um, so we get finally we get to the reveal of the mural of the new mur- mural, uh, and everyone hates it. You know, when Superintendent Chalmers suggested a school mural, I almost thought he said a school muriel. <laughs> muriel to sister. And, uh, well, thank you, Bruce Valanche. Whoopi would have made it work. And now I present Puma Pride by a college-educated artist, Ooh. Jack Crowley. Man, is that wimpy. 
Uh, what happened to the cool one? Well, my original idea was... Jeepers, that's sugary even for my taste. Yeah, but Skinner said I had to... Skinner? How are we going to raise school spirit with this sappy hokum? I know, sir. It's an embarrassment. This isn't what I wanted. Where's the edge? I followed your napkin. No napkin could wipe the crumbs of failure from your mouth. <gasps> Don't fight. All great art is controversial at first. But years from now, people will point to these cuddly little creatures and say, that's a Jack Crowley. So we see Marge again believe in Jack, even though everyone hates the thing. Well, she believes in him. And also she uh, just ignores the fact that he is incredibly prone to violence. Uh, he hasn't done anything yet, to be fair. No, but he was about to right there. Yeah, it's they were. Yeah, him and Skinner were kind of at each other again. And sure, I, I they are up against, I guess, up against the end of the episode. So they have to get something happen really fast. So we cut back to the school. Theoretically, time has passed. It's not really clear how much time has passed. But the mural has been set on fire. And everyone suspects that Jack has done it. Marge finds him hiding. Psst, Marge, over here. Oh, Jack, you threw it all away over a stupid feud with Skinner. Look, I'll admit I hate Skinner, but I didn't start that fire. Then why are you hiding? Come on, Marge. With my rap sheet, they can't wait to send me back to prison. And you can't believe the final language in that place. So you really didn't do it? Marge, look in my eyes. I swear to you, I did not do it. I believe you, Jack. Now let's get you out of here. Wait for my signal. Oh, Chief! I found some evidence that points to the real arsonist. Well, let's see it. Not yet. You have to guess what it is. We don't have time for guessing games. Nah, let's try it. It might be fun. Is it DNA? Mm. So it's like DNA. Um, a hatchet? You had a turn. I want to guess. Oh, jeez. <gasps> my car! <laughs> This is the God's truth. I burned the mural, but I did not burn Skinner's car. I just saw you. Get him out of here, Chief. Yes, ma'am. So that you want me? I we we talked about the problems of this episode, Matt. Here's the biggest one. It's right here. Yeah, yeah. It's the ascending because it doesn't have Marge learn anything. She just gets mad at him, and it it like I. Cause, because Jack isn't much of a character, because there's no, we don't have any sympathy for him, no empathy. There's, n we don't care that he gets arrested and he goes away. You know, we don't feel any sadness that he is leaving. You know, we don't feel sad even for Marge because they never, we don't really get much time with them having a connection, like painting together or something. Like normally, you'd 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 understand Marge. Like I understand her anger because she stood up for him and he betrayed her, but there's nothing more than that. And I think there has to be. I think there has to be something else on at stake here. There has to be Marge losing a little bit of maybe her faith in humanity. And then there has to be kind of a maybe a stinger scene at the end or something that redeems it. And immediately Marge goes, oh, wait, I still do trust. I can still trust people. I can still have faith in humanity. There has to be something there because there isn't anything after this except for a conversation about hbo with wiggum which i think is very funny and i pulled the clip but it doesn't really complete any arc there's no marge is the same person as i don't know if maybe she's not maybe she i don't i don't know if, if i don't know and i think that's a question that's a problem i i should know if marge is a different person or not even if she is the same if, if she hasn't changed or not i should know if she i should know if she is still wants to see the best in people or you know has this changed her even if it's just for an episode yeah i feel like it's one of those things where that everything has to reset at the end of the episode but we can at least by the time the episode ends see 
Marge realize something and and just be Mars. Like like I said, don't be mad at him. You just have to say you're disappointed in him and show him that you still believe there's something worthwhile, but that he's not fit to be out and about, obviously. Or, or like have a scene where she is painting classes again in the prison and yeah. or or and, or something. And like there there has to be an, a something that is like a, 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 a punctuation at the end of the episode, because this is very abrupt. It's so suddenly, oh, no, he was a crazy criminal. He's in prison now. Episode ends. And I don't know if they just run out of time or I, I mean, I would I'm willing to lose the the B plot. Um, I forgot to mention, hey, the chiropractors came and stole Homer's trash can. It's very minimal. It's like a 30 second long clip. Um, so cut if that's what it takes, I think I would do it. Cut the B plot and give it a little bit more time to complete that arc. So Jack's arrested. He is getting driven back to jail by Chief Wiggum, and Chief Wiggum talks to him about HBO. My wife and I like watching that Oz show on HBO. Uh, is prison really like that? Wouldn't know. We only had basic cable. Ouch. Yeah, I also like that sex in the city. <laughs> None of those girls look like my wife. <laughs> Sports Center's not bad. Yeah, I never got that show. What's to get? They just tell the scores. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Hey, you ever meet any mob guys? Uh, are they really like the Sopranos? I told you, we just get basic cable. Oh, right, right, right. Listen, if I'm getting too chatty, just uh, just tell me to shut up. Nah, I'm enjoying it. Hey, have you ever watched them strongman contests? They're pretty good. Those guys look strong. All the guys in prison say they're gay, but I don't know. They look strong to me. So that's 43 seconds long, Matt. Definitely feels like something they could have cut for, you know, actual plot. But yeah. it's, it's a good joke, though. It is funny. I like and that. I think it's the problem with this episode and the fact that and, and and I think it demonstrates how difficult it was to make an episode that, you know, like the Golden Years episodes where they are compact. They have dense jokes that don't feel rushed don't feel like we're getting bombarded with stimulation that is nonsensical or unfunny. Um, it has time for character, has time for character growth and character arc. It allows us to empathize with guest characters that are only around for 20 minutes and then disappear forever, all while making us laugh and wrapping up in a very satisfactory way at the end, giving us those character arcs and character growth. And I think this demonstrates... Because it gets so close at times, how difficult that really is. This has a lot of good stuff going for it, and it avoids so many. And I think that's why, even if I ultimately am disappointed in the episode, and I don't think it's this. I don't think this episode's good, really. It's it. I think it averages out um, to just mediocre. I, I. It's nice to watch it because it doesn't do most of the Scully years stuff. It doesn't. It breaks away from that formula, and I'm. It's. I'm so thankful for it. This and Homer, like they are all a couple where you're just like, okay, it gets to the plot fa relatively quick. It avoids most of the like, hey, third action, third act zany action sequence. Like the characters aren't mean. Like it makes sense you know it has an ending i don't think the ending's great but it has one you know it completes all the arc it gives jokes time to breathe and therefore it gives me time to breathe yeah and to appreciate the humor which is something that's not super common no and i, I think largely it's sometimes when you go oh that was a good joke and then it's followed up by five jokes in a row that you're like rolling your eyes at you're like oh god what are you doing um I, I think this episode is like is is really good at parts and then also has a lot of problems. Um but ultimately I think it's still valuable and I still I think it's better than most of season twelve so far. Well yeah, I mean when you look at what the rest of season twelve is, we just look back and go, Wow, this is head and shoulders above everything except the previous episode. Yeah, it it, it manages I think largely any episode that now is just not that kind of very staid formula, I will probably be fine with it because it's just not that it gets so tiring after a while watching the same, the same structure, the same jokes, the same, just the same kind of arcs over and over and over again. If you even want to call them that, um, anything you add, Matt? Nope, not really. Okay. 
we'll rank it at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for this for my favorite episode. I don't think this episode's broken. No, no like we said, this is one of the better ones. It's flawed, but that does not mean it's broken. Um, so it is not broken. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I come through the old alt.tv news group, see what people are talking about the week or two after an episode debuted. Got some good reviews and got some bad reviews, man. I'm not surprised. That it's, seems to be it, pretty common. It's, it's pretty fitting for this episode because I think it's middling um, overall. Some good ones. It looks like season 12 has produced yet another winner. Michael Keaton was really good, I thought. But then again, I always like Michael Keaton. There was a solid plot, and it was pretty funny. Most notably, Marge staring out the window. As well, Homer got hurt and actually sustained a real injury, which is a rarity these days, even if it was just to further the plot. Overall, another very solid episode, B+. Uh, next, well, it certainly follows a rubric for a good episode. Strong plot, which holds together. Everyone pretty much in character, except Skinner. An episode which doesn't focus solely on Homer. This used to be a foregone conclusion, but now it's become such a rarity that it has to be commented upon. This episode itself is pretty good. A few good laughs, especially from the surprisingly funny subplot of Homer's garbage can, spine readjuster, whatever he called it. But Principal, Principal Skinner wasn't his normal self at all. It's very unlike him to pick a fight, especially with someone built like Jack was. The series definitely going the right way. B+. Plus. I don't know. Skinner's willing to fight has it goes up and down. It changes. That's true. It really depends on the episode and what they want him to be in that episode. When he's a side character like this, I feel like he's usually not willing to fight, which is why it seems so out of character. For him. Right. But I mean, it's he's also, you know, like you made the mistake of messing with a green beret or something and he's throwing the beating up those the the thugs from Disney. That's true. Which, you know, it's you know, it's it's easy to cherry pick stuff. Uh, some negative reviews. A rather forgettable episode proving once more that it's apparently hard to revolve a funny episode around Marge. Jack Crowley was an awfully pale character, and in participation of Homer, once again belonged to the getting hurt or jackass category. The whole episode yeah. lacked, of a, lacked of a connection between ma- main and subplot, which went nowhere. Uh, action by Bart and Lisa, and some kind of inspiration what this episode should really be about. The best scenes was the final conversation between Jack and Wiggum, but that didn't help the episode from getting a D+. Plus. Uh, <laughs> Finally, Pokemon is a bad episode. It is not rudely abysmal. It would not have me on the internet with minutes registering my disgust throughout the world, as it was nothing more than painfully bland and drab. The ex-con artist character is like the episode itself, totally forgettable and lacking any comic worth. As the episode plods along, through the unengaging and predictable exploration of its hardly fascinating theme, Marge the do-gooder does good once again, it carries with it an absurd lack of good jokes. Homer's subplot was more interesting than the main one, but not by much. The ending is best described as unsatisfactory. Pokemon is not a crime against the Simpsons' reputation, but it's sure as hell not going to build it. D+. A little harsh on, for my, my taste, but... Yeah, I, I feel like they they poke at some good points, but they just they let it be dragged down by things they just don't like. Yeah, exactly. No, you gotta... I, I know when something is good, but it's not for me. There's a, those are different things. Yeah. Uh, some, some, we got some, some commercials, some ads from, for the, for this episode. Um, the announcer, the Simpsons set all up for the most exciting show of the year. Marge, somebody help him. Homer, they got radio clowns. Uh, radio clown one is my lipstick. Even radio clown two go like this. Mwah. Homer gets kicked by the bull as the time and date is said. Good old radio clown jokes. Yep, they'll never get old. Oh, wait, they already are. All right. uh, the second uh, uh, small ad, The Simpsons set up for the most exciting show of the year. Homer waving Lisa from the stands. Here's something to gore. Dad, no. Not now, honey. Daddy's busy. Homer once again gets kicked by the bull as the time and date are set. So that gives you a little taste of how they're advertising this, this episode, Matt. Homer getting kicked by a bull. Yep. So I don't know what they expect from their audience, but they're clearly marketing hey homer getting hurt although the episode is largely nothing about that i mean i, I mean the people plot is him using a tra- magic trash can magic trash can. magic trash can it's my new indie band um you ready for a next segment i am uh, it's time for the listener question of the week let's try one more number yellow kbbl is gonna give me something stupid well hot dog we have a wiener yellow well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Uh, our listening question of the week this week is, what is your favorite Homer Lisa moment? Uh, many, many, many good answers. Appreciate everyone who took the time. Uh, first from Jenny. 
Homer, it's just like David and Goliath, only this time David won. Lisa's response, I know. <laughs> I heard it too. Here's some music. And then, uh, was it Fior, Fiorelis? Is that how you say that, Matt? Fior, I never, Fior, Fior is it just for? Uh, I mean, I'm the, sure if the, you actually pronounce it in German, it'd be different. There's, but, mm. there's umlauts there. I'm never sure. I'm always, I'm always hesitant when I see umlauts. I'm like, what do I, what do I do with those? I don't know those. Those are uh, from Tom. Lisa Sachs, where Homer helps her pick the instrument in the music shop. So what do you like, Lisa? Viamalin? Tumamaba? Obomabo? Oh, saxophone. Uh, Matthew, the end of Lisa the Greek, where Homer goes hiking with Lisa, gets me every time. True. Darren, when Homer stops watching the boxing match and Homer versus Lisa in the Eighth Commandment. It's a really nice character from Homer. It's nice when Homer had some sort of conscious back then. Um... Justin, the best is when Homer tries his very best to help Lisa with her state costume and fails miserably, but this time it's not because he's lazy or doesn't care. It's just his honest-to-goodness best. Instead of defending it, he acknowledges that fact. This moment kind of underscores their daddy-daughter relationship, where he deep down knows she is better than him, and she she deep down knows it too, but still accepts him. Uh, From Nick, when Homer is searching for Lisa and Lisa the vegetarian, and he finds her, they bond, and then he puts her on his shoulder, and they go for a piggyback, I mean, veggie back ride. Sweet moment, really shows her love for one another. Uh, Holly uh, repeats it. Same answer. When Homer gives her a pee. Oh, a veggie back ride. So cute. It is very sweet. Um, Andy, Lisa the Greek as well. Very popular answer. Partially because it's one of my favorite episodes, but it's a nice reflection of Homer and Lisa spending time together with Daddy Daughter Day. Also, the guilt Lisa had for getting the gifts Homer purchased with his gambling winnings and giving away is a believable thing Lisa would do. Uh, also, at the end, when Homer goes hiking with Lisa on Super Bowl Sunday, very nice gesture. Um, Elliot. Guess this won't be a popular answer, but the whole of the Brick Like Me episode, it's gimmicky, but for a season 25 episode, it actually feels like a classic season episode to me. I agree. I, lo- I really like Brick Like Me. It basically is just stealing from the Lego movie, but that's fine. I don't well, care. Yeah, but that's fine. That's fine. I don't. They Simpsons steal plots all the time. That's that's what you do. Great artists steal. Um, from AJ, Lisa the Iconoclast, when he has total blind faith in her because he acknowledges how much smarter she is than him. Despite all the deception against them, continues to be in her corner at the end. Hear ye, hear ye. Uh, from John, the whole Homer, Lisa-Homer dynamic in Bard on the Road. Homer does his best to connect with his daughter, and Lisa shares her secrets with him. Callback where Homer has the replacement T-437 sent care of Lincoln Auger, just so perfect and sweet. Also, Homer yelling into the radiation suit helmet to protect Lisa is golden. I will pay was that i will pay for a ticket to bring bart back and then i will murder him (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a good one uh caroline at karolinski when homer shows lisa all the simpson women actually turn out to be smart hard-working ladies uh from danny at king's fan danny lisa keeping homer company while he's working the night shift in bar on the road so sweet how are they playing astronaut uh the donuts with mr smithers is cute uh lauren at el el columbia 88 Lisa the Beauty Queen, the way Homer talks about Lisa being beautiful makes me tear up now that I'm thinking old, that I'm older thinking about my dad. Well, if I could gouge out somebody else's eyes and shove them into my socks, I would, but to me, she's beautiful. Uh, finally, from Employee Millionetto, Benjamin, the mountain climbing at the end of Lisa the Greek. It's Lisa's definition of happiness and Homer's definition of giving his daughter happiness. Well said. Matt, what is your answer? Uh, my answer is... Uh... Uh, Lisa's saxophone uh, when Homer goes, am I uh, destined to spend the rest of my life sweating like a pig? And Bart chimes in, not to mention eating like a pig, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but then he proceeds to take all the money out of the air conditioner fund and spend it on a new saxophone for Lisa. And that just goes to show you exactly what all of these clips are. Is Homer constantly sacrificing for the love of his daughter. And that's just something that Homer is not a great person. We've been, we've been over that a lot, quite frankly. Uh, but, he has shown time and again that he will sacrifice for his family. Yes. Uh, um, I think I'm going to go with the end of Lisa's wedding. Um, I, I think that is and it, because it's kind of the opposite of a lot of uh, these answers is that it's not Homer. It's not Homer. It's not necessarily, you know, there, we see kind of, you know, how Lisa feels about her family throughout the flashback in Lisa's wedding. But at the very end of Lisa's wedding, she's a, a child again. You know, she's back in the present day. She's eight years old. And she, she, Homer and her find each other and they are going back to the Renaissance Fair. And she has just had this crazy sequence where she re- sees into her own future and sees that she's going to fail getting married to this dude. And 
over her love of family. And she kind of has this moment where she like looks at Homer and he's, this is, you know, one of the best versions of Homer, one that's not just some spiteful monster. And she just still like, just earnestly loves him. Like she, she takes what she's learned from this flashback and uses that information in like the kindest and nicest ways you could. And she's just like, Oh, he's my father. And he's going to love me even when I'm, when I'm old. And, He's never going to ask me uh, – he, he understands the differences between us and he's never going to necessarily understand how I think or how I feel, but he still loves me and she returns it 100%. And it's very sweet and, and lovely. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard, a hard choice. I had to think about it for a bit. Yeah. Next week's question. What is one thing you like about the Scully era? And please know – I know that it ends. <laughs> That's an easy answer. <laughs> yeah. I'm not choosing that answer and I could easily use it. So try if you're try and think of something that is not that it ends. Although that is a, it's a strong answer. I will admit. Um, but this is from Brian. He, he sent it in as a suggestion. I think it's a good question because it is easy to overlook some of the there are positives. They're not necessarily easy to find sometimes, but there are positives about the Scully era. And if, you have an answer. If you'd like to answer, I post this question on all our social media, facebook.com slash the Simpson Show Pod, on Twitter at Simpson Show Pod, and you can email us at Simpson Show Pod at gmail.com. Guess what, Matt? What? It is time for the no-go cherry challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The no-go trivia challenges where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium. One heart, and try and stump the other. Matt has a lead on me, and it's turning into a commanding lead, and it's making me upset. Uh, are you ready for an easy question, Matt? I am ready. These are all from Homer Simpson in Kidney Trouble. Oh, God. Okay. What does Abe drink too much of in Blood Bath Gulch? <gasps> uh, sarsaparilla. I would also accept sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla, of course. What's my easy question? All right. Your easy question, and uh, these are all from uh, when Homer and Ned were in Vegas. Uh, which daredevil do Homer and Ned see in Vegas? It's Lance Murdoch. Indeed. Totally, he's totally fine as well. Oh, yeah. No problem at all. Your immediate question, Matt. What are the tapes Bart rents for Homer? Oh, God. Haven't you asked me this recently? I asked about different tapes. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I asked about tapes in uh, that'd be uh, uh, the Duff Gardens mm-hmm. episode with Selma, I think. Um, These are different tapes. I I want to say this is uh, Gorilla the Conqueror and Apes of Poppin, the airline version. There are three answers, Matt. Okay, three answers. Okay. Oh man, I have no idea what the third one is. <laughs> they are all Gorilla. They're Gorilla themed. They are. There's Gorilla Squadron. Gorilla Island 6, and you got one right, Apes of Pop in the airline version. <laughs> of course, of course. All right. Your medium question, uh, what are the names of the Vegas wives and to which uh, character do they belong? I think you've asked me this before, Matt, and that makes me so much more sad because I don't. I still probably don't. I don't <laughs> think I know. I think I might have asked their names, but this time I'm specifically asking which, uh, which one they go with. Um... Okay, well, I can guess with the best of them. Uh, there is Amber with Homer, and with Flanders, it is um, mm, brain dead. Um, 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 trying to think of a name that would feel appropriate. I don't think I have one. Car, Char, Car, Carla, Carla, Carla. Flanders. Uh, I'm sorry, you're so close. It was Amber and Homer, uh, but it was Ginger and Ned. Ginger! Ginger. You went to the Gilligan's Island names. Okay. Your hard question, Matt. Very difficult question. Okay. Homer's TV Guide is celebrating the 200th episode of what show? Oh my gosh. Um, 200th episode of... Uh... It's not a real show, to be clear. Oh, okay. Um, I have no clue. Sumo Babies. Of course. Of course. Yep. 
it's a quick cutaway gag. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Your hard question. Mm hmm. Does Ned Flanders prefer crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Uh, yeah, I believe he prefers neither. Okay. You got the trick part of the question. Now, what does he actually prefer? It's, isn't it just a plain white bread with a, a glass of water on the side for dipping? Yes, you got it. You got the entire thing. Congratulations. Yay. You got a hard question, Robbie. I'm so proud uh, of you. I know. That's uh it's in, that's the one of the very few things I remember. Viva Ned I've seen that episode a little bit more than I can't remember. I can remember Ginger. Yeah. Ginger. I gotta remember that I need to write that down. I need to write down some of these these questions that you just repeat, man. I think I've like noticed a trend. And then I can just, oh, really? okay. I can, I can, I can catapult into success because I remember that Matt, every, like every, every 30 episodes or so, Matt will ask me this question and I need to remember it. I'll just, ta- I'll get a tattoo right here on my arm, the inside. Just uh-huh. Amber equals Homer, Ginger equals Ned. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, I don't have a total on this, but Matt is still up on me. Barely. Um, I closed it. I closed the gap a little bit in this week, a little bit, not enough. I need more. Need more. Always need more. Uh, we're gonna move on to our final segment. A segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is part of show. Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right. Is this episode better than Lisa the Tree Hugger? Uh, where is Lisa the Tree Hugger? It's 194. That's a good question. Hmm. I would say no, but just barely because of the strange, weird issues it has. Like Homer waving the children in front of the bull and the way it ends is just rather unsatisfying. Lisa the Tree Hugger has its issues, but I don't think they're as problematic as the ones this, they're as fundamental as the ones this episode has. I would disagree. I think this is a slightly better episode than Lisa the Tree Hugger. Oh, yeah? Lisa the Tree Hugger, I think I would say that the this certainly has problems, but it has less problems than Lisa the Tree Hugger, and it has, doesn't follow that formula, which Lisa the Tree Hugger does to a T. It, the only thing it doesn't have is like it has a, a weird a, a weird third act action sequence and Lisa the Tree Hugger does, and it has a lot of weird stuff like there's a lot of missing steps in that plot and there's the pokemon has kind of fundamental issues with its story but it's nothing to do with pacing it has nothing to do with the jokes i think this episode's funnier than lisa the tree hugger um i think that i would i can i take more good out of this than i do lisa the tree hugger fair enough because yeah lisa the tree hugger is not really a huge character episode it's it's more about the jokes honestly and like I, I, I don't know. This feels like it is not so manic. It feels because that pace helps so much. Just a slower, slightly slower pace really makes me enjoy the episode so much more. Um, however, I don't know if it's better than Bart the General, which is right above Lisa the Tree Hugger. Yeah, I would say probably not in that case. Yeah, Bart the General. You know, it's a season one. It's one of the better season one episodes, frankly. Um, but. I still think it I think it's better than this because it tells its story and it gets it in and out. It knows what it's doing in this episode. It introduces just not enough. It just is not quite there. It feels like with another couple rounds of polish, it would be they would have they could have erased some of that. Some of the non the unnecessary stuff they could have I mean, made the rodeo sequence shorter, made, you know, cut out some of the chiropractor stuff if they needed to or whatever and, and actually finish the story. Because Bart the General doesn't really have a B plot. No, there's, no. there's it's just Bart at war with with Nelson. Um, so 194, Matt, is that, that looks good? I'm cool with that. OK, that is Pokey Mom. New number 194 on the list. Puts it number, let's see, 19, I think. No, number 20, sorry. 20 as the post-Golden Years episodes, which isn't bad. Not at all. I mean, look at the other stuff in seasons 11 and 12. That's Oof. that's top half. Top half of post-Golden Years. Um, number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last on the list is still Kill the Alligator and Run. Matt, you know what our next episode is? Ooh, I do not. Please tell me, Robbie. 
Well, uh, excuse me, it is the worst episode ever. Oh, man, you know, I really didn't think we were having anything that would challenge uh, Kill the Alligator and Run, but maybe we do. I mean, this is, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I remember enjoying this episode. Really? Okay. At least Even so it focuses on comic book guy? I mean, it, I don't know. I enjoy the Barton Millhouse taking care of the story part. That's true. That is a good, that's I, very interesting and joke-filled part. I like the, t- I like them with their, la- that library of weirdo tapes and stuff like that. It also guest stars Tom Savini, who I have a soft spot for. But, I don't, I don't, I also met, don't really remember much of the comic book guy part of this comic book guy episode. So, we'll, we'll find <laughs> out. Enough. We'll find out if it, if it holds up at all. That is next week. Worst episode ever. You can find this list on our website. It's the Simpsons show.com links to everything there to our Facebook tour, Twitter tour, RSS feed and link to our Patreon. If you want to help the show, give us a couple bucks. We'd obviously appreciate it. Help keeps uh, the lights on, help pays for hosting. We really appreciate all our supporters on Patreon who help us out that way. Um, before we go, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. And please check out my other podcast, Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. And the Serial Fanasis about lots of nerdy things. Matt does not participate in social media unless a certain level of Patreon backer you will not find him. Uh, that's true. I've decided to study bees as my next experiment. Uh, so because of that, uh, I will be strictly communicating through dance for the next several weeks. So uh, if you need a message, just, uh, you know, dance it out. Did that, is that actually true? Yes. Uh, bees communicate primarily through smell and dance. Is it really dance, though? It's just body movement. It's body movement, but, you know, it's, it's dancing. What is dancing if not organized body movement? So are you saying that talking is verbal dancing? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's what singing is. I'm going to gonna have to contemplate that, Matt. <laughs> I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.